0: Hallelujah. All ready to hear the word this morning? Yes. (laughs) Amen. Well, I continue to be on my little journey of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Okay, so this morning, what I'm going to bring is called what the kingdom of heaven is like. And today we're going to be talking about hidden treasure and pearls. So what is the kingdom of heaven like? In my study... I found, first of all, I found Luke 16, 16. So I want to share this with you first. Jesus has been going along preaching here for a while, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, the Sadducees, they're sad because they do not see. (laughs) Uh, They don't believe anything Jesus is saying, and they are doing the best to... Have you heard this term? Cancel culture. They're doing their best to shut Jesus up, right? They've been following him. They've been listening in order to question him, to trip him up, shut him up. They've been sneering. They've been murmuring. They've been muttering. So Jesus says in Luke 16, he says the law and the prophets were until John. That's how the King James says it. What he didn't put in there on that version is the law and the prophets were preached until John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, has been preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Really? Oh, wow. Well, I'm thinking about this, and to me, the law and the prophets. In Matthew 17, 5, This is where Peter, James, and John, they've gone up the mountain with Jesus. And who is there? Moses, he's a symbol of the law, and Elijah, a symbol of the prophets. And they were talking with Jesus, and there was a bright cloud that covered them. This was not the iCloud. This was not artificial intelligence, because we do have prophets out there that are telling us that they're going to run everything with iCloud. But we have the real cloud, Jesus, God. A bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, what God is doing is he is endorsing his son Jesus. Now, it's a change. It's a change because when Jesus died, he fulfilled all the law. He fulfilled all the prophets, and they were used to hearing, listening to that. But God is saying, this is my son. I love him, and the kingdom of heaven is going to be preached, and I want you to listen to him. And then in Romans 10, verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. And then it goes on to say that there may be righteousness to everyone who believes. For righteousness comes with the kingdom of heaven. Now, the reason I like that is because there's the end of the law, right? When I go to Chicago on the train, I come back to Fox Lake. The train stops, but my home is over here. (laughs) I either have to walk 20 miles or I have to get a car because there's no bus and there's no plane. It's the end. Something different. I got to change modes of transportation. I have to go a different way to get where I want to go. But the law is fulfilled. Remember, Jesus is our supply, replete, which means complete. The law is perfect, but Jesus fulfilled it. I love, too, that Jesus is saying everyone is pressing into the kingdom of God. How is that in the passion it says this, the very same first Luke sixteen, I added fifteen to it, again, this is where Jesus is talking to the religious people, not us. Jesus addressed the religious directly. You always want to look spiritual in the eyes of others, but you have forgotten the eyes of God, which see what is inside you. The very things that you approve of and applaud are the things God despises in the NIV it says what people value highly is detestable in God's sight going on in the passion the law of Moses and the revelation of the prophets have prepared you for the arrival of the kingdom announced by John and since that time The wonderful news of God's kingdom is being preached, and people's hearts burn with extreme passion to receive it. Hallelujah. Let's continue agreeing with that one. We heard about that this morning, right? Agreeing. Well, uh, have you all experienced that one? This summer, I was able to meet up with many of my friends for coffee fellowship just to connect with them. My prayer was, God, I just want an opening, you know, I want an opening to share with them how good God is. Because so many people out there, they don't know how good God is, whether it's your friend that knows nothing about God or a friend that has known God all their lives and they have a lot of extra things, you know, those lists, you know, we know Jesus, but you got to do, do, do. You know, grace, God's grace, God's goodness. So, Luke 16, 16, the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist, and since that time the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. Well, I just wanted to know what the Bible definition of pressing was. And it was a word called biazzo. And that meant to force, to crowd oneself into, to be seized to press or to suffer violence. Crowd oneself into new thinking? ha Jesus was coming. He was sharing his word. Remember, repent, change your mind. There was another scripture that came to my mind with a word using force, and this was in Matthew eleven twelve, 12, and it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, by pressing into the truth with new covenant principles, by grace, through faith, were changing. It was especially evident then, I mean, because all they knew was the law. All they knew was the prophet. But we are on the other side of Jesus now, so we've had a lot of life and truth in the church, but we can even press, we can press in to receive more, because the Holy Spirit is prevalent. I've always thought of the kingdom of heaven as being far off. And that was because maybe of this verse in Matthew 3 two. John the Baptist said, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's coming. Okay, I got something to look for. What is this kingdom of heaven? <laughs> so I looked that word up, and I love that word. It means near, but it also means to squeeze or To throttle. I'm not a vroom-varoom kind of girl, but I like that word. Uh, The kingdom of heaven, to throttle. I mean, Jesus was throttling it up, right? (laughs) That's how I see it. He was preaching forth the kingdom. It was something new. He was getting right next to you, and he was speaking that. Jesus, as he was preaching, he was squeezing right into the theories of his kingdom. He was teaching something magnificent. He was preaching what his kingdom was all about. It was at hand because he was gonna die for us and then we would be going totally by what his principles were. I thought it was something we were uh, working our faith for. (laughs) At hand because he would die, he would fulfill the law, and he would provide us his children to live in this kingdom of heaven because we have the king in our hearts. Romans 10, it says, if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved, right? And we are saved. We're saved by grace. We are accepted. We are favored in the beloved life of Jesus. So now we live under grace, the grace of our King Jesus not under law we live in the kingdom of heaven of our king jesus who has come down from heaven he has a totally different set of principles to live by the thing is i've been living more so in the kingdom but i still had that mindset of the old testament sometimes and that's what i felt like the lord was press in you know change tweak just a little bit go here in faith we can live in the now Faith is now, right? Like Pastor Mark, oh, let's get rid of the frogs tomorrow. No, get rid of them now. (laughs) Now, faith is now. Our minds tend to put spiritual things in the future, but to live, to believe God's principles are for now. This is living by faith. Faith is now. I have healing now, no matter what I see or feel. Now I am healed. Now I have all my needs supplied. Remember that word? replete it's the same as fulfill jesus fulfilled the entire law and the prophets he fulfilled it all for us he supplies our every need now we speak and we proclaim this faith but our minds want to argue (laughs) well the fact may be diabetes but the truth is i am healed by the stripes of jesus We have authority. We speak to our body. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus, his precious blood given for me and for you. We are new creations today. We're celebrating uh, 75 years, or maybe 50, or maybe 60, or maybe 70. It doesn't matter. We're new creations. It does not matter how old in physical years we are. We have the mind of Christ. We are made in the image of Jesus. And you know what? <laughs> I've read about people that have gone to heaven and they come back, and you know what? They say everybody there is like 33. woo <laughs> 33. We're young and vibrant and full of life, right? So I'm studying just from the chapter, Matthew 13, because in chapter 13, it has eight there happens to be eight of these kingdom of heaven is like. I don't worry, I'm only gonna do two. <laughs> However, I am gonna share with you all eight out of this particular chapter first. Number one, the parable of the sower. It says when anyone hears the message of the kingdom, well there were different results, but the best one w- was hearing and understanding the word, because it produces a crop 30 thirty, sixty, hundredfold what was sown. Number two parable in this chapter alone, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a man. And this man sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came along, he sowed the weeds, right? The man with the good seed and the weeds. He had a whole understanding of that. The third one was the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It might be tiny, but it's full of life, which a man took and planted in his field. Number four, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into sixty pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Number five, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy he went and he sold all he had and he bought that field. Number six, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price he went and sold all that he had and he bought it number seven the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and it got all kinds of fishies and number eight says every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. All right, well, just in these eight parables, we have Jesus just talking to everybody, right? He was talking to a man. He was talking to anyone. He was talking to a woman with the yeast. He was talking to the fishermen about the nets. You know, he came and he just talked to normal, <laughs> I don't know, but normal people, just you and me, the things that we do in life. They sowed a lot of seed, the mustard seed. So I'm just going to center today on the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. Matthew 13, This is the NIV. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy he went and sold all he had and bought that field. How many times has that guy been out with his real estate agent? (laughs) I had that thought. (laughs) Hey, he's found something, but he's looking in the land. And then also here, the field, it says, um, the kingdom is like treasure in a field. Well, in a previous parable, he told us what the field was. The field was the world, and the good seed was the people of the kingdom. And the weeds were the people of the evil one. Well, We are in the world, but we're not of it, right? (laughs) The kingdom is like a treasure hidden. Everybody's treasure is different, but it is what is most precious to each and every one of us. So I just had to look up what does the Bible say treasure is. And when I went there, sure enough, it said a deposit, a wealth, a treasure. So what is our treasure? What is the value to us that we would hide it to protect it from someone else finding it or taking it or hold until he could buy the field that it was in? It made me think about the shepherds going to worship Jesus. They were shepherds. The shepherds weren't rich, <laughs> but what did they bring? They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are expensive, but they gave all for Jesus, to worship Jesus. Uh, my little mind, I had to look up what a bar of gold, uh, an ounce gold bar was going for. Almost $2,000 today. In 1980, a little while back, <laughs> that same amount of gold was going for $850. We were blessed one time. We had someone back in those days give us a little gold coin. If we would have held on to it, uh, what would we have had? However, we had our house payment. <laughs> God provided again during those days. Oh my gosh, God was good. He is good. Um, But, you know, you do what you do. The man found treasure in the field of the world and he hid it to go sell all he had and to buy that field. He found something precious in that field. Did the real estate agent know what he found? (laughs) He found that. In Luke 12, this is the Passion version, 29 through 34. It says, don't let worry enter your life. Live above the anxious cares about your personal needs. People everywhere seem to worry about making a living, but your Heavenly Father knows your every need and will take care of you. As you passionately seek His kingdom, above all else, He will supply your needs. So don't ever be afraid, dearest friends. Your loving Father joyously gives you his kingdom with all its promises. So now go and sell what you have and give to those in need. You will be making deposits in your account in heaven, an account that will never be taken from you. Your gifts will become a secure and unfailing treasure deposited in heaven forever. Where you deposit your treasure, that is where your thoughts will turn to and your heart will long to be there too. Or it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Our treasure is in Jesus, not in our possessions, right? So I got to think in just a minute about rich in the word. In Mark ten, seventeen through twenty two, you know, there was the rich man that he liked those earthly treasures, and he came to Jesus one day, he ran up to him, he fell on his knees before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to enter? eternal life. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder. He went on, Jesus shared all that. The young man said, teacher, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. I've done the works of the Old Testament requirements, right? But where's the love? You can do all the rules, but where's the love? What I loved about this particular one why I picked Mark 10, I had never seen this. I just love this. And Jesus looked at this rich man, and he loved him. It says he loved him, and he said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he did have great wealth. Jesus just wants us to seek him first. Seek first the kingdom. Jesus wants us to love him most. This man's problem was trusting in himself, trusting in his possessions. You want to be perfect? Go sell. And you will have treasure in heaven. Sell out all. And then come follow me. As with treasure in the field, the man that realized this treasure... It had value. He went away, and he came back to buy the whole field. Now, some people have different treasures in their field. <laughs> what kind of soil is it, right? I mean, hey, there's gold here. There might be sand. There might be cranberries up here, rich soil. There might be mushrooms. Everybody maybe has a different treasure. But this man found value. In the treasure that he found and that was jesus's point there's value there god wants us to have all our needs he is our supplier and he does it abundantly as we seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness he supplies all of our needs okay well there's that rich man but that doesn't mean that there weren't good rich men now i take you one more place then remember the rich man of Arimathea. This man's name was Joseph, and I looked that up, meaning to add. It says he was a disciple of Jesus. And I also liked what it said about him in Mark 15. I didn't put it up here. It says that Joseph of Arimathea, he was a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God. Now, it'll tell us a little bit more here in John 19, which I have for you in the New King James again today, 38 through 40. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, so he must have been a council member, (laughs) you know, for fear of the Jews, he asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and he took the body of Jesus, and there was Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night. Well, he came also with Joseph, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds and then they took the body of jesus and they bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the custom of the jews was to bury a hundred (laughs) pounds at that time all they did is five pounds of spices these guys are rich it says they're rich men the normal amount of spices was five pounds. Can you imagine them trucking their hundred pounds of spices? They love Jesus. God does not want us poor. He wants for us to take from him. He wants us to put him first. In Colossians 2, verses 2 and 3, this is the NIV. Paul is telling the Colossians, Now, we're still studying about treasures, okay, just so you don't lose me, because I went for the rich man, I'm going back to treasures now. Paul says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, that is treasure treasure in Jesus it says we have the Spirit of God leading us and talking to us it does not matter what age we are we are new creations we hear our father's voice he makes us rich and that rich is very different than the rich of the world still on hidden treasure Proverbs 2 this talks a little bit about the hidden treasure And this is verse 1, starts out, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Hidden treasure is the kingdom of God. Of heaven in the field. The field is not cheap. It costs us everything we hold dear to us in order to buy it. The everlasting return is immeasurable worth of what the investment is. We can be like this man and joyfully part with our things. What we receive in return is so much more valuable than what we are giving away that we cannot wait to part with it so that we may gain the kingdom. All we need to do is trust in Jesus and have faith to see the true value of the kingdom hidden in the everyday fields of life. The rewards of the kingdom are worth giving up everything to follow Jesus. Now, in his example, when the man found it, he hid his treasure and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. In his joy, sold all. He knew the value of the land, but finding this treasure on this property would make it exponentially far more valuable, so much so he was joyfully willing to sell what he had to acquire all that was in this property, to acquire the treasure. Whatever the amount of the property, whether it be the zero lot line or the million acres, to buy that land, to own, to possess it, to have a right to it. The treasure added value and worth to it. And to know that you are acquiring the kingdom of heaven with the king? To give up all that you have now? To receive a much more valuable and precious treasure joyfully? But remember that rich man that had his hope in his earthly possessions? He couldn't do it. His trust was in the things of earth. But our man, in this parable, went to sell all his worldly goods joyfully. Well, maybe it's just me, but I have found myself in later years attached to things. (laughs) I used to test myself, you know. I'd be washing dishes, and I can give up everything, Lord, but then you get more things. (laughs) And then Mama's gone, Daddy's gone, and you get attached to these things, or you promised your Grandma you'd save her things for whatever. Well... I've changed, my <laughs> changed. When I give out things now, this is to bless you. You keep it as long as you want to. If you want to bless somebody else with it, go ahead. You do with it what you desire. You're not bound to me. Ultimately, they're all just worldly things. Anyway, but our man, in his joy, he went and sold all to purchase the land with the hidden treasure. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross for us. He did it joyfully. He laid down his life for each one of us, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What love! He bought the field to purchase us. Jesus came to earth. With his blood, he purchased the world. With us, as his treasure, his hidden treasure, we are valuable to him. We were worth it to him. God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to pay the price to purchase us as his own. In Matthew 13, verse 45 through 46 it says again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price he went and sold all he had and bought it so the verse starts with again jesus is patient with us (laughs) he has many examples if we don't get it the first time he'll keep telling us something he's trying to get it to us Now, I just had to go and look up what a merchant was. The people in that day, they knew what a merchant was. I mean, we have them all around, right? A merchant is a tradesman. And when I looked it up again, it said a wholesale merchant. Well, who doesn't like to buy? buy low and sell high, right? <laughs> I mean, we have people doing that all the time. They're buying something to sell it to us, right? And this merchant, he was a tradesman, and he traveled here to there, and he was, he was looking for seeking pearls. And what I understood was wherever Jesus was at that particular time, it was a crossroads. They had ships coming in and the roads passed by so the people there they knew (laughs) what he was talking about when he said a merchant this merchant was seeking pearls maybe he was a specialist only dealing in pearls maybe he was doing it for royalty because there weren't very many pearls I don't think but you know what the pearls came from the bottom of the sea I got to thinking about that this morning. How in the world did they get those out (laughs) back then? I'm sure they had a way. But what I loved about this, they came from the bottom of the sea. We can be at the very bottom, and Jesus still, he loves us. And then again, thinking about this merchant, you know, there were just merchants in that day, and there were merchants of the world, just like today. This is in Revelation 18. It talks a little bit about the merchants. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over Babylon because no one buys their cargos anymore. They had cargos of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, and it lists three whole lines of all the cargos, and it gets down to even human beings being sold as slaves. So that's what the merchants of the earth were doing. But our merchant. What is he doing? He is seeking beautiful. I love that we had a couple songs this morning about beautiful. In the King James, it says goodly, seeking goodly pearls. First of all, for me, I wanted to know what seeking meant, just to see if it was something different than what I thought. (laughs) It was the word zeteo. It meant to seek. And then it said by Hebraism, to worship. When we seek god we're worshiping him here was a merchant seeking looking for and in looking for something we're worshiping god what is our merchant seeking in order to worship to provide worship to god pearls pearls and then it says goodly pearls well i had to look up that word and that word meant kalos and what did goodly mean beautiful that is valuable Are virtuous, worthy. Now, just a little bit about natural pearls. Unlike other gems, pearls are produced by a living organism, an oyster. And as the result of an injury, it usually begins forming around a grain of sand or an egg of some parasite that has invaded the oyster. And what does the oyster do? But he protects itself by layering the irritant with necker, or what is called mother of pearl, until it forms an object of great beauty. The bigger the injury, the bigger the secretion of this knocker, and the oyster keeps giving its life to the foreign object by covering it with this secretion. The offending particle actually becomes a gem of great worth Because of the knocker, the mother-of-pearl substance, the oysters have all the colors of the rainbow in them, a promise of our God at the bottom of the sea. (laughs) In other words, no matter how far down we are, God still loves us. He still has all his promises for each one of us. Jesus loves us in spite of the fact we might be likened to an irritant in God's creation, because of the sin nature of Adam in us. But we are covered by the blood of Jesus, and we become a thing of beauty. We're clothed with the righteousness of him who bought us. This pearl of great price is thus, is the church that was born out of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and this includes you and me. Pearls. I had to go look that one up too. Margarose. A pearl oyster are there some scriptures in the word that talk about pearls matthew 7 6 in the niv says this do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to the pigs if you do they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces in other words they do not appreciate the word <laughs> or value it don't throw your pearls God gives us precious things. I'm not saying don't open it up and share, but be led by the Holy Spirit, because some people, you know, it's kind of like fishing. you got to know what kind of bait, because different fish like different bait. So then I'm thinking about pearls, and there were only a couple other places where pearls were mentioned in the Word. Both of these that I'm going to share are out of Revelations in revelation 17 this is three through five this is a short description of the prostitute babylon she was dressed in purple scarlet she was glittering in gold precious stones and pearls she held a golden cup in her hand she was filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries and the name written on her head was a mystery babylon the great the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw that woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. It looks sometimes like the world has all the things that were meant for us. It looks like she possesses all, but remember, we read the back of the book, and Jesus reigns. He reigns righteous. Jesus always triumphs over evil, always. So... Going a little bit further in Revelations 21, it talks about the beauty. To me, the beauty of the pearls, the kingdom of heaven, the bride of the Lamb, the new Jerusalem. I have it here, but if you just want to close your eyes and and see this, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. This is 9 to 27, and this is about the new Jerusalem, how beautiful it is. One of the seven angels came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper. It was clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and with twelve angels at the gates. And on the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, Jesus. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square. It was as long as it is wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and high as it is long. And the angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was a 144 cubits thick. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The fountains of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first was jasper, the second foundation was sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald green, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby red, the seventh chrysolite. the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the 12th amethyst purple the 12 gates were 12 pearls i mean this thing is huge and his description is a gate it's a huge pearl how beautiful and each gate was made of a single pearl The great street of the city was of gold as pure as transparent glass. And he says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. there's 12 gates each one is a pearl I mean God is beautiful he has beautiful things for us we are his pearl he's the one going around the world searching looking for anyone who is at the bottom or maybe at the top because here there's pearls at the bottom but here's pearls coming down out of heaven So here, the people of God are symbolized as a great city coming down from heaven, shining with the glory of God. This is the city that reflects the glory of God. This is the dwelling place of God. The twelve gates, again, are the twelve pearls, and the street was the city that was made of pure gold, transparent as glass. Everything is perfect. There is nothing marred in this city. The holy people of God are with the Lord in perfect fellowship where there is nothing evil. That's a picture of pearls, of the kingdom of heaven, of the new Jerusalem. So again, our scripture is the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found, in other words, he was seeking, he was looking when he found one pearl, of great price he went and sold all that he had and bought it the hidden treasure could have been a variety of items like in the parable before but here it's specified one and it's a pearl specially formed beautifully formed at the bottom of the sea it says this pearl one pearl was of great price what is great price meaning i had to look that one up lexicons <laughs> And what does that mean, a pearl of great price? It means it was extremely valuable. It was very costly. It was of great price to our Father God. So the only other place in the Bible that was that same word of great price was in John 12, 3. This is the word. It's where Mary took a pound of very costly oil, the oil of spikenard, and she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. She gave what she valued for Jesus. She gave all. says so she gave a pint of oil. Just again for my little brain, I had to look this up last night. <laughs> just in case it was just their best olive oil. That was a dollar an ounce. But spikenard going today? a hundred and thirty dollars for one ounce and she gave a pint two cups 130 times 16 is 2076 dollars. <laughs> at that time it was all she had she gave it to jesus extremely valuable we are pearls of great price we are made in the image of jesus he's of great price to us right (laughs) we give everything to him the merchant found one pearl of great price and he went and sold all he had to purchase this one pearl Jesus is the one who bought the field for us the treasure that is hidden in the world for the one pearl of great price Jesus bought us with his blood the kingdom of heaven is available to each one of us to us who believe in Jesus Anyone can buy the field or the one pearl of great price. We can sell all we have to buy it. Mary gave the costly oil to Jesus to worship him. She sold out to buy something precious. The kingdom of heaven is an incomparable worth. Whoever possesses the field with the treasure or the pearl of great price is exceedingly rich. It is worth giving up everything worldly to possess the field or the pearl we must choose between our earthly treasures and the treasures of the kingdom both the man and the merchant sold out all to possess the field to possess us the pearl jesus says choose life choose me choose the kingdom press in throttle up Thank you, Father, for showing us how to possess the kingdom of heaven. Thank you that the kingdom of heaven is being preached. And yes, people, we included, are pressing into the truths of your kingdom. Thank you, Father God, that our hearts burn with extreme passion to receive your kingdom and your word. And thank you, Father, that you are throttling us up with your spirit and your force and your word. Oh, thank you, Father God, for sending Jesus to redeem us, to pay the purchase price, to possess us as yours, to free us from the bonds that have bound us. We thank you, Lord, that we are your valuable treasure here in the world, that we are pearls of great price. We thank you, Father God, that you are of treasure to us and of great price to us. Thank you, Father, that we treasure and value your son, Jesus, here on earth, that we continue to seek him and to worship him. O Lord, may we have the full measure of joy within us. Thank you, Jesus. You have given us your word. Thank you, Father, for your protection for us because the world hates us, because we are not of the world any more than you are not of the world. Jesus, your prayer for us was not to take us out of the world, but that you would protect us from the evil one. May the God of hope fill us with all joy, with all peace, as we trust in him, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: This is Mark Testerman, Senior Pastor of Triumphant Grace Ministries. I want to say thank you for listening to the finished work gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that the good news found throughout the message has richly encouraged you in the love of the Father. Friends, this podcast is supported by the generous financial support of its listeners. And if today's message has ministered to you, then would you consider a gift that ministers back to us? You can text the word GIVE GIVE to 833-632-1315, or you can visit triumphantgrace.com and donate through PayPal or credit card. The cornerstone scripture for Triumphant Grace Ministries is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Great grace, such grace, triumphant grace to you. God bless you.